Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk podcast with me, your host, Sagaka. I hope you guys are doing well, staying safe, and getting ready for summer. What are your plans, guys? What are you prioritizing this summer? Are you guys kind of using this time to recharge? And if that's so, please let me know. I definitely need it for myself. But yes, I actually finished my finals literally yesterday, and my only goal right now is to focus on the podcast, connect with other people from different phases in life, actually meeting people and just connecting with them. It's so much fun, and that's something I'm realizing only now. And that is why today on the show, I have with me Desanka, who is an extremely talented artist and the head of Cold Coffee Entertainment, which actually is a place for passionate artists to elevate to their highest potential. So guys, this is a platform for literally upcoming artists. And we're going to talk to the Sanka about it, everything about from the goals to the, of this platform to what you guys can expect. And along with that, the Sanka is also a part of the conversation list where individuals from different generations come together to have conversations from different points of view and on different topics. And you guys already know how much I love conversations, which is why I started this podcast. I'm so, 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 so glad to have this opportunity to actually bring you on the podcast today. So getting right into it, guys, I am going to welcome the Sanka, who's here to talk to us about her unique story. I am Sagrika, your host at the Let's Talk podcast. On this podcast, I invite students to discuss topics that are essential to student life. And I believe listening to others and their stories is a great way to find yourself in the journey. So please join me with learning something new in every episode we have. Thank you for being a part of this community. I'm happy you're here. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be here. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to chat. Yes, me too. So Desanka, just getting right into it. People, of course, already know you from social media, right? But take us back. Where did you grow up? What was your life like before you made it big on social media? And how was it like? Yeah, so I was born and raised in California. I was born in Monterey, California, near Carmel-by-the-Sea, um, which is very popular now. I've seen it on TikTok, so my hometown's getting trendy, which is fun. It's TikTok. Um, yeah, and I grew up in Sacramento, so I spent up until middle school, till eighth grade in Sacramento, and then came to LA and went to high school in LA and stayed here until now and I'm 24 now so I feel like I grew up in LA because I feel like the most important years of your life are really in high school um so that's why I feel like I'm an LA native and do you wish you would have like chosen a different lifestyle honestly I love growing up in California it's it's put me in a little bubble um my boyfriend's from Fargo North Dakota in the Midwest, very different. Um, but it's been awesome to grow up in California. And yeah, and I grew, so I grew up in Northern California, came to LA, and I really came to LA um, to attend an arts high school. Uh, I got into a high school called Los Angeles County High School for the Arts. And there I was studying theater and then transitioned into opera. I did a lot of, you know, musical theater and community theater and even professional theater up north, um, but wanted to take it to that next level and went to um, L.A. to pursue that. So really was pursuing the arts in high school, started to model, work in film as well. I think I downloaded Instagram around that time and kind of got my start in social media then. Um, 
And then, yeah, transitioned to Pepperdine University in Malibu, um, also known as the set for Zoe 101, which is really fun. Um, So I was there for six months um, pursuing a vocal performance degree and realized that that wasn't the path that I wanted to take in life, although I loved it. And so I transitioned to finishing my degree online. I did Berklee College of Music's online program and got my bachelor's in music business. And I got my master's in music business as well, graduated in 2019. I finished my undergrad and graduate program all in four years, which is very speedy. And I'm very lucky to have gotten it. But yeah, so done with school and I was able to do all of that online so I could, you know, do music, acting, modeling, doing all of the fun influencer stuff and then pursuing, um, things as an entrepreneur as well, which includes, you know, starting cold coffee entertainment and getting involved with the conversationalist. So wait, right when you went to undergrad, this was what you wanted to do. Like you had it set the whole time. Yes. I feel like my high school experience was really different in that pretty much everyone knew what they wanted to do because we were there and we had really grueling schedules like in the arts. And so ever since I was in high school, I knew what I wanted to do. And I think I, you know, got a started my vocal performance degree at Pepperdine because I wanted to challenge myself, even though I knew that I didn't want to do that. But I quickly, you know, changed my major and realized that I wanted to put my time and energy into something else. And I think music business Mm -hmm. perfect because it married the entertainment industry, but also the business side of things. And I'm really passionate about both. So it was definitely fun. It was a perfect like combination Combination, degree for me. Um, And I'm so glad. (laughs) Wow. And just for our listeners who don't maybe know you exactly, how would you say you started growing as an artist on Instagram? Like when you saw yourself at the peak and you're like, oh, okay, this thing's actually working out for me. Yeah. I remember I hit 10,000 followers on Instagram when I was in my first year of college at Pepperdine. And I I remember being in my dorm and being like, oh my gosh. Um, But everyone always asks me like, how did you get there? And I feel like a big reason is because I started on Instagram in the very beginning. And I had a lot of friends that were photographers and I would go out and, you know, have fun Mm -hmm. with them. And I, you know, living in LA, you surround yourself with people who, you know, maybe on TV or, you know, may have a little fame or may have famous parents or whatever it is. And so I think just being around people like that, as well as just shooting a lot and getting tagged in a lot of different photos all the time, I think that's what really boosted me in the beginning. And then I just fell in love with creating content and working with brands and showcasing, you know, my life. And I think that just took it to another level, but it was really easy to grow in the beginning of Instagram. So I think I was just one of the lucky ones in the beginning. It has definitely been fun um, now, you know, trying to keep up with everything, but it's, there's so many like creative outlets on social media. And that's really my favorite part is just connecting other people, brands, and just, having fun. I think it's really fun. Having fun. At the end of it, it's having fun. And I really like the point that you mentioned. Honestly, the power of networking is so underrated. Like You mm-hmm. never know. You literally might just bump into someone who likes your work. And that's it. That's the start of your career. Like That's it. Like, in no time, that is it. So that's why, like, just being attentive to, like, oh, that person might like my work. You know, putting things out there. But, like, has there anything that's worked for you in, like, in terms of reaching out to people, reaching out to brands? Like, what can we do, like, you know, as students? 
100%. Yes. So besides being an influencer and all the other LA things that I do, I am director of partnerships at The Conversationalist. So outreach is my bread and butter um, in my own life and in my professional life. And I think my biggest piece of advice for reaching out is don't put yourself in a box. If there's something that seems unattainable for you, still go for it because you never know. And really it's all in the framing and, you know, worst comes to worst. It's a no, but it's a connection made. And I really yeah. like that I am the queen of follow-ups. I will follow up with somebody <laughs> like I follow up with people like 11, 12, 13 times. Like it's pretty crazy to, you know, get in contact with somebody. I'm not like doing it every hour, every day, you know, like every week or so. Yeah. Um, just, and if I'm really persistent about something um, or checking in on holidays, they'll respond eventually or they'll block. <laughs> Either way, it's noted. But I've, you know, 100% of the time gotten a positive response from that. So I think just don't be afraid to cold email and just, you know, mm-hmm. don't make it about you the whole time. Just, you know, some something I love to you know, start with is always, you know, asking about them and how can we support you? Because really at the end of the day, um, that's, that's the most genuine approach. I think, you know, a lot of people get turned off saying like, hey, can you help me with this? I want this. And it's like, no, I want to help like as an influencer, you know, I reach out and say, hey, like, I'm a huge fan of your brand. I would love to help curate content for you guys, because I think that I could do a really good job in supporting you. Mm -hmm. And you know, your incredible you know clothes or whatever it may be to my audience so framing like that is always is always works best and even when I get emails from brands or from you know organizations in whatever I'm doing um, that is definitely always the best approach for sure and one thing I'm also kind of like I'm still new to the whole podcast, you know, family and everything. But one thing I've realized in terms of emails is that once you ask them, like, oh, be a guest on my podcast, for example, you know, like, even though, like, at this level, you really can't give much to other people, but just saying, like, in exchange, I'd love to help you in any way that you like, or like, how can I help you? And that one statement honestly just changes it, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's, you know, especially in, you know, entertainment, whether it's podcasting, music, you know, social media whatever, it's so important to support each other because we're all, you know, growing together and there's no need for competition or trying to one up each other. I think just helping each other out in any way that is so amazing. And I think just leading with kindness and positivity and wanting to support is always the best. I try to do that in my everyday communications. Honestly, same. No, tell me more about your experiences with like cold coffee entertainment. Like how did that come to be? And who according to you are like the right people for this kind of platform? Yeah, so Cold Coffee Entertainment was started in 2017. My boyfriend and I were, you know, in the midst of school together. We got our degrees like at the same time. Wow. It was really fun because we actually got to support each other and help each other out. And we're very driven and really like to not wait. We if we have an idea, we like to act on it immediately. And so just we're like, boom, yeah. Exactly. So we're like, let's just start an organization. Um, and see what happens. We really had no idea what we were doing at the beginning because we were, you know, learning as we went and developing it while in school, which was really fun. Um, but what really sparked our idea for it was 
we were artists. My boyfriend is in three bands and I was doing solo music. And the music industry is so incredibly complex, complicated, and ever-changing, even changing by the hour. And so for a new artist coming in, it is so difficult. And a lot of artists can get like scammed and can get into weird situations and can end up spending a lot of money that they didn't need to spend. And, you know, there's a lot that goes on. And so we kind of just wanted to start a platform for artists, by artists, to basically support artists in their journey. So in the beginning, we were really focused on, we were doing management, playlisting. um, We were helping with graphics, just overall, you know, marketing plans. We were kind of doing it all. We we liked to call ourselves like an all-in-one like music agency. Um, So we were, you know, us and we would help them with their entire release plan um, and guaranteed success once it hit streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music and things like that. And then we expanded to a blog. So we did start a entertainment slash music blog. It's been really, really fun. And at the moment we're, you know, in the midst of a rebrand and rebranding into more of like a consulting agency um, just to consult uh, artists and bands and musicians in their musical journeys in addition to still running our blog. So that's where we're at right now, but it's been so fun. We've made so many connections and friends in the music industry. It was really connections, fun. Connections, yes. We always come back to that, but it was really fun before the pandemic because we got to go to shows and meet everyone and yeah. run into people and tours and festivals and all that fun stuff. Um, But hopefully shows will be back by fall. It's looking like it. So hopefully we can get to that in-person connection. But yeah, that's, that's the cold coffee journey. It's, it's that feeling when you start something of your own and you see what you created from the start and you're just so proud. Like it's your little baby, right? And like the connections you've made and like the, the things you learn from people, that's so underrated. Like you get to learn so much from other people. And of course, the pandemic has just made it really, really worse. But like, what would you say is like the most valuable thing you learned from your connections in terms of like people and like on their path, what they're trying to like find, what they're trying to focus on and things like that? I'd say the most valuable, I think, lesson that came out of starting a business is, is that I think two things. I think... I've mentioned this before, but don't put yourself in a box because you're the only one determining those like defining lines. And it's like, who's to say you can't do something else or go farther than that. You have to remember that you're the one making the rules. And I think also that everything happens for a reason. And especially with a new business, things are ever changing. And I'll probably get into this with the conversationalist, like being a startup, but you really just, it's okay for things to change. You just have to be on your toes and evolve with it and it'll turn into something probably so much better and greater than you ever expected. So just roll with the punches. Don't stress the small stuff because it's not going to matter in a day or even a few hours. And so I'd probably say that that's my big advice. And really like, it's it's really interesting like being on the other side of it because seeing where I am now and looking back to where I was then, it's crazy. The journey. Big difference, and yeah. You don't realize it you're on the other end and you're like, oh my gosh, like that is such a crazy journey. So if you're starting a business or anything like that, just 
just wait and you'll look back and be like, wow, I can't believe I got that far. And it's, it's really hard. To remind, it's hard to remind yourself sometimes to be like, look at what I've accomplished. Cause you always look forward and, you know, put pressure on yourself and stress, but it's so important to take a step back and look at what all of you've done. And that's like the most amazing thing. And I think everyone needs a little reminder of that. No, for sure. And at least like at this age, right? Like at my age, a reason why people don't want to start is simply because like, I don't know how to start. I don't know where to start. And even the people say like, okay, YouTube is a good place. It's a good platform to start. I feel like just reaching out to people as we talked about before it can go a long way some people will reply and help you out and be like okay this might help some people will be like no I'm not gonna help you and there are some people like that but like what actually helped you just get a head start in that you know starting your business because that's one thing that people are still trying to figure out how do I start the right way and like save myself some time I think the best way is to a just go for it and fall and fall and fall and realize how to fix and pick yourself back up and it's okay to make those things because you'll get so much better and just lead with passion and figure out what you want to do why you want to do it if you're you know solving a problem like in the market and in the space if you're doing something that adds value to the space then I think that's the best way to start and if you have like role models or you know people in that industry that you look up to and you really love what they're doing reach out to them and just say, Hey, do you have, you know, 20 minutes to hop on a zoom call? I'm a huge fan and I would love to pick your brain and, you know, work with you in any way possible and learn from you. And do you know what? They probably will say yes. Cause they'll probably feel flattered and, you know, want to give back to other people um, who look up to their work. So I think, you know, asking a lot of questions, meeting as many people as you can, like hopping on calls, like zoom as many professionals as you can. Cause I feel like that's where you will learn the most and just having those mentors in place will be so valuable. No, I love that. And actually now diving into like your journey with the conversationalist, all my listeners already know how much I love these platforms that encourage conversations, that encourage you to kind of come out of your comfort zone and talk about topics that are relevant, right? Like, tell me, how has it been with like your experience and what do you hope to kind of convey to your listeners with the conversationalist? Or like, what do you hope for them to kind of learn from this experience? So the conversationalist is so amazing, and I'm so grateful to be part of this incredible organization. We are just over a year old, and I've been with the conversationalist almost from the beginning, which is crazy. I feel like we've been seven seven different companies, um, but it's been so Going back to what I was saying about cold coffee, it's crazy to look back and see where we were and where we are now. It's just amazing, um, but the conversationalist is incredible we have a community on an app called geneva it is so much fun it's like social media plus zoom plus slack all into one we have chat rooms we have video rooms we have audio rooms everything where young people and gen z talk about topics that matter to them and have conversations that matter so whether that's politics environment mental Mm -hmm. health we have it all and the best part is is we have young people from all over the world who have completely different opinions, who have completely different viewpoints, all come together in one safe space to have conversations with people who they may not agree with, but they have respectful conversations and they really lead curiosity. And 
you know, have conversations that really, really matter and that we should be having in this world without, you know, using hate speech and without, you know, bullying others and, you know, judging others. We've really created that safe space, for example, in politics to have the conservative and the liberal side come together and have a conversation. Really say, interesting, what is your opinion on this? Why? And kind of ask questions yeah. and try to understand them and be like, I don't, you know, agree with anything you said, but I respect you for having your opinion. And and a big thing is, is breaking open out of your echo chamber. That's what we, we really strive to do with the conversationalist is, you know, I personally feel like I live in a bubble. Me I live too. in too. LA and I feel like I identify views and beliefs in Los Angeles, whether it's politics or, you know, entertainment or fashion or anything. I feel like I identify in this space. But being in the conversationalist and working at the conversationalist, it really helps me personally to break open out of my shell. And that's one of my favorite same, things now is same. to have conversations with people who come from a completely different area. And it, it just opens my mind and I feel so more, so much more well-rounded as a person and so much more educated. And I think that that's strong and powerful, especially to teach Gen Z and young people, because I really don't feel as though we see it too much in, you know, adults um, in our world. I feel weird because I am an adult, but you know, like <laughs> older adults in our world, I feel like we really need to change that narrative and set the precedent for even younger generations to say, hey, it's okay to, you know, be friends with people who have a different religion, yeah. who have a different political view, or who feel the same way about the environment or mental health or whatever it may be but it's okay to still unify with them through conversations and through humanizing them and I think that is so beautiful and I think that's the only way that we will you know have actionable change in our world in a positive way I completely agree and honestly you talking about you living in a bubble like I cannot relate to it anymore I've literally been born and raised in Lagos, in Nigeria, literally, like, I've lived here all my life. So when I did go to university my first year, I was literally pushed into the real world. I was like, listen, this is how people live too. This is how people are. They're going to think differently than you. But that's the whole point of life. You come out of your comfort zone. You're pushed into the world. You learn from different people. And that's, that's only how I started kind of realizing the importance of connections and like learning from other people. And that also comes with you know, that, that willingness to learn from others. Not that, okay, that person thinks differently, he's just wrong, he or she's wrong. You know, and that kind of comes only after you realize that, okay, people are different, but I'm willing to kind of learn from them, come together, have conversations, learn from them. I love that. I feel like there is so much synergy in between what I do and what you do. So. Yes. Actually, now that we're talking about it, one point that I keep asking myself is through these conversations, through like what we do in general, it's like it helps us identify what we really want to focus on. Because at my age again, like it's like you're so confused on what you want to do. Because one second you're like, that's my path. That's my calling. That's my purpose. But in the second minute, you're like, maybe not. And at that stage, you're just like, wait, do I want to live life on my terms? Or do I want to seek help from others? You know, you're constantly in this like dilemma of like, I don't know if I want to choose that path. The whole identity issue is just something that's so like common in this age group. But like, I want to ask you, like, how does that feel for you? How do you kind of like find your identity, get closer to it? And like, how can we do that? Because it's really so stressful. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that question because I relate to it so much. I feel like growing up, and even in high school, and even now, 
I do so many different things. Yeah. And everyone always asks me, how do you do it? Why can't you just choose one? And I hear that all the time. And even when I was in college, everyone was like, you ha- you can only choose one thing and do it. And I that would always make me so mad. And I'm like, I don't want to just do one thing. I have so many passions. I want to pursue them all. So I said, screw it. And I pursued them all. And I learned how to manage my time. I went through some stages of burnout, but, you know, learned how to, you know, put my energy in the right places. And now I'm doing so much, you know, working as director of partnerships at The Conversationalist. I have my own music marketing and PR company, you know, Cold Coffee Entertainment. I'm an actress, model, influencer, musician. I am all over the place, but I'm able to do it all because I love doing all of it. And I think if you just love it and have passion for it, you'll make time for it and you'll figure it out. And I think something that I've been, you know, trying to put at the forefront of my mind is um, self-care and kind of not overworking. I'm a workaholic all day, all night. And you're working (laughs) at night right now, so I'm sure you can relate to that. But (laughs) finding time for self-care has been like a struggle for me. And so... It's, it's been nice, you know, implementing that. And that's been really, really great for my mental health. And I think that's really the key yes. to, you know, balancing doing everything that you do. But yeah, that's how I'm able to really balance everything. And if anyone ever tells you to pick one thing or do something that you don't want to do, absolutely say no and do what you want to do because you're not young for that long. And once you're old, you are going to regret it. And you can you can you can do anything you want when you're older, but have fun with follow your heart, follow your passions. And that's really my biggest piece of advice. And I'm so glad that I chose to do everything that I love to do because I know, I know I would regret it and have major FOMO now if I didn't. No, exactly. And I feel like for I don't know about you, but I don't know for me, it's more like, you know, starting new projects or like just putting myself all over the place. It gives me this excitement that, okay, I am actually, like, you know, I have different branches to me. Like, I'm exploring different things. I don't know. It just, it makes me want to actually continue, like, looking at more options and seeing what I'm good at. Again, maybe just exploring different things. But also, one thing that I've realized is, okay, once you start, like, exploring different things, right, the whole concept of self-discipline becomes really important. And maybe that's why people are like, your time management is bad. Maybe that's why you can't do all these things together. You're not self-disciplined. But I feel like once we're self-disciplined, we're we're on top of it though. So no one can really say anything. And a part of self-discipline is also keeping promises to yourself. So if you do both of those together, you're literally on top of it. So no one can say anything. We talked about self-care, right? But I'm still trying to understand how can we keep those promises to ourselves and like get up and be like, nah, it's mine. I got it. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. I think the best way to do this is to literally make a list. I, every single day I open my list of things to do and I literally check them off. And I have a very type A perfectionist type business mindset. And so that is great. So you relate. So that is so satisfying to me. Just writing out a list and seeing this is what I need to get done today. Let's start checking things off the list. And it is so nice. I got this done. Like, wow, look at how much I accomplished. And if you feel burnt out and you don't feel like you can't get to something during the day, 
that's okay. Push it off till tomorrow and put it on tomorrow's list because you'll eventually get it done. And just prioritizing and figuring out what is a priority right now and what can wait. Um, And I think what's so important is, you know, if I ever feel overwhelmed, I have learned to, you know, take deep breaths and, you know, reassure myself and be like, it's fine. I have nothing to get overwhelmed about right now. And then sometimes I even, you know, work out and that really helps me as well. When I used to get overwhelmed, something, when I used to get overwhelmed, I used to get really overwhelmed doing all of what I do in addition to like school. When I was in school, oh my gosh, so stressful. I had like acid reflux and a lot of stomach issues because I was so stressed and I didn't know why and how to deal with it and what was going on. And it turned into anxiety. And I literally went to my doctor and was like, why do I have anxiety? Why does my stomach hurt all the time? What is happening to me? And she's like, you're stressed. And literally that was it. And I was like, oh my God. It was like a light, like turned on in my head. I was like, that's it. I was like, that's crazy. And I, ever since then, I really, you know, got into yoga, started breathing. And every time I had a moment of like stress or panic, I just took a step back, breathed it out and, or worked out or whatever. And that has helped me so much. And literally I have had no stomach issues or anything. And my anxieties decreased so much ever where, and you know, when you're feeling those things, it's okay to have, you know, yeah. a breakdown and, you know, feel burnt out, but just recognize right when it's coming on and just catching it right away. That is the best thing. But it just, it's so funny because I tell the story all the time. And it's so funny that it literally just took my doctor, like a medical professional to say, you're stressed. You're stressed. Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> but yeah. No, literally, it's like the little things. Like, I see myself having headaches at night. I'm like, why? Why? But then I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm probably just stressed. It's probably just work. And then I realize it's all just the mindset, though. Like, once you control your mind and you, like, focus on things that you can control, it becomes easier. And, like, things like us, like, what we do, work out, like, find, like, your triggers and how to control them. It's those little things that you can just point out and be like, okay, fine. Maybe I can just work this out. Maybe I can control this. Take it one step at a time. You know, so that's what, like, mindset, like, no matter what you're doing, mindset would always top it off. Because you could be doing, like, the best business ever. You could just, the best of whatever, you know. But if you don't have your mindset right, then, like, anything could just knock you down. I love that. Completely agree. For sure. No, but also like one thing I also wanted to talk to you about was that, okay, recently, it's just recently that I'm actually getting into the whole, like just subconsciously what you read, what you listen to, it becomes really important. But is that something that you follow? Is that something you do? Like maybe like what you do every day aligns with your priorities? Is that something we shouldn't focus on? Like what is a day in the life of this Anka, basically? Yeah. So, so funny. I actually do not like reading at all. I barely even read in school. And I think I got burnout from writing in my master's degree. Oh my, I feel like really don't like to read and write, which is really funny. Um, Reading for me is like, I am the type of person who has to like read a page like five times to like fully visualize. Yeah, same, same to understand it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so visual. I'm such like a movie or TV person. Like I need to see it to understand. So definitely no, no books or writing anything besides emails in my everyday life. Um, But really, you know, I like to start off my day after I wake up, obviously getting ready for the day and I do a workout, um, usually skip breakfast because 
I I just moved and I don't really have food in my fridge right now. And I always feel like I get caught up until lunch. Um, but then I just, you know, hop on and start work. Um, usually have a bunch of things to do for the conversationalist, which is really fun. Um, if I have any, you know, brand deals that day or auditions or anything I have to post, um, that's usually what I'm doing all day. Usually for about, I've been working pretty long days lately. Um, so probably like eight to 10 hours every day I work, which sounds crazy, but all that I'm doing, uh, it's not as crazy. Maybe I'm just so used to it. Maybe I need to like rethink my life, but, um, (laughs) and then, you know, have a lunch in the middle of the day, but I mean, I really love everything that I'm doing. So it's so much fun for me. Um, and then, yeah. And do you prefer working from home? Has that changed anything? Yes. I love working from home. I thrive working from home. I also love going to coffee shops. Um, now that those, you know, coffee shops are starting to open again, um, I can start going to coffee shops and working if I need a change of scenery um, or even even traveling somewhere and working from a completely different location. It's fun too, but I really love working from home. Um, I don't know. It's just convenient and I can work on my own time and I feel like I can actually get more work done, um, which is really nice. But yeah. That's really what my day-to-day looks like. And then on the weekends, I definitely have a lot of fun. I usually hang out with my friends or my boyfriend and I will always try to plan, you know, a few fun things to do. Um, I usually have at least one photo shoot on the weekends. I've been trying to shoot more, um, which has been, yeah, just hanging out, going to new restaurants, you know, doing, doing fun things in LA. It's honestly up to you. That's the thing. It's like, okay, I am working from home, but I get to decide how I want to spend my time. Like, it's basically on you. And like, how, again, self-discipline. It all just ends to, like, self-discipline. Exactly. Okay, Desanka, to wrap it up, I want to ask you a few fun questions that you need to answer as soon as possible. It's just my way of saying thank you. Are you ready? Perfect. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's making you laugh lately? Oh my gosh. Um, I love watching the show Impractical Jokers. I'm a big reality TV buff and that's the first thing that came to mind. So probably that. It's a really good release after a work day. <laughs> How would your friends describe you in two words? Oh, wow. This is not quick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'd say blunt and trendy or like funny I don't know <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to ask my friends and get back <laughs> I think it depends on the friends <laughs> last country you visited Canada before the pandemic are you shy or loud when meeting a new group of people I think it depends on the people I feel like I can be definitely um <laughs> if it's if I you know need to make an impression I'm probably a little quieter and reserved at first but if it's like a friend of a friend and you know, we're in, we're like bowling or something that I'll probably go right to loud and skip the hi, how are you phase. <laughs> are you mostly a chill in pajama <laughs> on a Friday night or go out clubbing on a Friday night? Okay, I am the worst at answering these because I am both. I am like <laughs> be in sweatpants, watch whatever on TV and order pizza, but I also And then go clubbing. And then like go out for drinks. Like I like to have a little bit of both. Uh-huh. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Or I like to go to a party makes for sense. a little bit and then like leave early to go home because I'm like, And then come back. Okay, makes sense. Exactly. That is my vibe. Depends sure. on the mood too, right? 
Exactly. And lastly, who would you consider your mentor? Oh, wow. Um, that is a great question. I would say, you know, <laughs> someone that I really, really look up to right now is my boss, the CEO of The Conversationalist, Sophie Barron. I feel as though she's she's such an incredible like businesswoman and mentor and conversationalist and CEO. It is just so incredible learning from her about business every single day. And I also think um, my boyfriend as well, because he works in the music industry and it is so amazing what he does and all of his accomplishments. Yay. And it's always fun, you know, talking about everything that we're doing together and learning from him as well, since he's in a different sector of the industry. But I'd say those are my two um, mentors that are close to me. Um, but I really love talking to, you know, everyone in the music industry or in business that I can and just picking their brain. I'm a person who does that whenever I get the chance. So I feel like I have little bits and pieces um, of like mentor advice from people. Um, but everywhere, you know, yeah. my, my stable are Sophie and my boyfriend, David. Yeah. So that's probably how I would end it. I love that. I love that. Well, Desanka, this was it for this episode. It was so much fun talking to you and I got to learn so, 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 so much. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for coming. If you just want to go ahead and drop in your social media and where people can find you. Yeah, my main social medias, I'd say are Instagram and TikTok, both Desanka. But thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. And I'm so excited to share. Thank you so much for coming. Yay. This is it, guys. Make sure to follow the Let's Talk pod on Instagram for regular updates. Everything will be linked in the show notes. As always, remember to open up, share, and connect. I will talk to you guys in my next episode. See ya, guys. Bye.